0: Welcome to Alvarado on action. I'm Alex Alvarado, your host. This is the podcast. It's all about Mac football and not Mac football. Thank you for uh, for tuning in today. We're on episode three of this thing. Uh, we're just going to keep it going with a little bit of uh, positional previews. I got one right now with Buffalo's wide receivers. And since it's April, turn the calendar month over. It's officially draft month. It happens at the end of this month. At the end of April, it starts the 29th, I believe it is, and you know it's it's always fun. This year, there's plenty of names to look out for, like all you know, like any year. There's always guys to look out for, but of course, most of them will get their names heard on day three. Have it be, you know, some surprise day, uh, day round five, round six, maybe around seven draft pick for these guys. Round four is that day, too, actually. But a lot of these guys will end up being non-drafted free agents. And even then, we won't know the full story. Even then, we won't know if these guys totally make the cut or not. You know, just because they've graduated college, this isn't their one and only shot at making an NFL team. But even if, you know, these newly graduated guys, uh, whether they're, fifth-year seniors, whether they're guys that are leaving after their junior seasons. They'll all have opportunities, not just this year, but years to come. Uh, even looking at recent news, Matt Sexton, receiver from Eastern Michigan, small guy, a lot of speed, wasn't a world-beater of a wide receiver. He wasn't an undrafted free agent that signed with an NFL team to you know, work up the system that way. After the 2019 season, he was just working out. Ended up playing in a league that I didn't even know existed, like some indoor football league in Arizona. Started having some game-winning special teams plays there. Like, yeah, I've seen that before. And as of recently, now that we're in, it was late March at the time, but now April in 2021, he apparently ran a 40 time in the low 4.3s. The low 4.3s, not just 4.35, but below that. That's goddamn fast. Uh, So the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Maxionist team in the NFL, decided to pick him up before the draft. And now they have a small slot, speedy-type receiver. I don't know if he'll run slot. I'm just kind of putting that in there. But he's a speedy-type receiver in there. He's going to have some special teams plays, opportunities at the minimum. So it'll be interesting to see if he can make the cuts afterwards. But for now, Matt Sexton's finally got his first shot in the NFL. And it wasn't day three of the NFL draft. It didn't come an hour after day three of the NFL draft. It didn't come a week after day three of the NFL draft. It didn't come a month after. It came way, way, way the hell later. It came a year later, right before the next guys in line got their names called or not called. And there's going to be a bunch of guys at the end of the month that are not going to have their names called, and they're going to feel really bummed. But if they work as hard as apparently Matt Sexton did, and a lot of other guys still do, they'll get their names eventually heard. So just because it's draft month, that doesn't mean that this is their one and only shot to get into the league out of college. For me, for me as a college football fan, I look at it as like a graduation of sorts. I've said it on other platforms before I feel like it's a graduation ceremony to watch these NFL guys to watch these college guys become NFL players to have their names heard you know even though that the draft isn't the most labor-friendly approach of having the most skilled and best athletes in the world be you know figure out where they're going to have their jobs next in this league in this sport it's still a very fun and exciting tradition that we all understand, rewards some of the best football players America has to offer, or the world. Some of these guys come from Germany and they're just playing rugby the whole time. So with it being Draft Month, later on, we're going to enjoy some of the names. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of them just briefly, not going to give you you know too much of everything. Um, you know, there's plenty of mock drafts that you probably want to read out there. And a lot of other analysis where guys actually pour through film for hours and hours and hours. And I just spend like 20 minutes on YouTube and I just drink a Coke and call it a day. But make sure you follow and subscribe to this show anywhere possible. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're on there. And if you enjoy what this podcast is about, refer this show to a friend and consider donating via Patreon at patreon.com forward slash alvaradounmaction.com. Uh, Just $3 a month, that's the only tier I have. That's the only one I'm going to have right now. And just $3 a month gets you credited on the show notes for every episode. And once we hit 30 donors for this podcast, I'm going to create a Discord for Mac football friends that are all plugged in all the time, can all come and hang out and chat it up. Buffalo's wide receivers were a huge, huge, huge reason why Lance Leopold and the Buffalo Bulls found themselves in Detroit in 2018. Johnson, KJ Osborne. Hey, remember Charlie Jones? He was pretty good his freshman year. Those guys were really good though as a group. They had a quarterback that could launch it deep to them. MAC tier first class receivers on both ends of the field. Once those guys graduated to the NFL or transferred out, Buffalo didn't have just the same amount of playmakers, obviously. Antonio Nunn ended up being a four year player. He played in 2017 and still played in that 2018 group. But after they graduated, obviously someone's got to catch the passes. And he caught almost all of them, really. He was the team's wide receiver one in 2019 and through 2020. Now he is graduated. He's not coming back for 2021. He's going to the NFL. Now he's gone. Who is really left for this Buffalo wide receiver room? This team has had a few years to try to recruit guys in, develop them, find something, get another playmaker out there. Over the past few recruiting classes, this coaching staff, I'm not going to say has or hasn't, but, and that's a lot, that has a lot to do with just the play calling, you know? We would know more about maybe some of these wide receivers that they have on roster if they would have. Decided to throw to them last year. That's not to say that they haven't. Obviously, we all know what happened. Jarrett Patterson was amazing. Kevin Marx was amazing. But what made that running attack so good last year? And by PFF, they were like third in the country in team run grade. Team run grade. The thing that made them so successful in the run was their run blocking. And as a team, they were number one in the nation by PFF. And that's not just to do with the guys that you know play from tackle to tackle or even the tight ends that are just outside. The wide receivers had to get on that too. Antonio Nunn was a, was a good blocker. Dominic Johnson, who came to the team, I believe, as a quarterback, um, but his 6'5 body, his 6'5, 220 pound, I believe he is, uh, his body was and talents were best served at wide receiver as a downfield blocker you know, he was a receiver that was an extended tight end, I guess, because he was just a wide receiver that blocked downfield all the time. And that's how you get extra production from your running backs is to give them good opportunities with solid blockers on the outside and not just the inside. So Buffalo as a team decided to lean more into running because that's where A lot of their playmaking was going to come from and so for those receivers the way that they were going to see the field it clearly wasn't by making the one-handed grabs it clearly wasn't by being the next anthony johnson or the next kj osborne buffalo wasn't trying to find the next anything buffalo was just trying to find who are our playmakers and how do we get the most out of them that's what they did in 2018 they had anthony johnson they had kj osborne and they had a young jared patterson they had extra playmakers at extra positions and so they milked a bunch of different positions that way in 2019 and 2020 a lot of the production and a lot of the talent was at still at running back and at wide receiver it was mostly out of antonio nunn trevor wilson started coming into his own as a young freshman and maybe we'll see more from him this year and moving forward But outside of Nunn, there really wasn't a lot of receiving talent. And so that's why we don't have a large sample to work with. That and the coronavirus took away half the season, but that's besides the point. Buffalo would still be running the ball two-thirds of the time in 2020 in a 12-game schedule. Antonio Nunn, like I said, he was a a four-year player. And for his career, he had 113 catches, 1,718 yards, 10 touchdowns. Eight of them came in the last two years. And obviously, most of his production came in the last two years, too. You know, Buffalo's missing a couple other guys from that position group. But Antonio Nunn, uh, obviously, he is the biggest name to be lost in this position group. Uh, some of the names that are coming back, Trevor Wilson, last year, he had 15, 15 catches on 22 targets. Didn't drop anything. Had 312 yards, three touchdowns. By PFF, he was the team's leading Uh, Leading receiver by grade He had a grade of 87.0 If that means anything to you By their their eyeballs and their metrics He was their best receiver And played most of his time out wide Also led the team in yards per route run With 5.67 That's actually really good That's actually really good Because that tells me He has a lot of ability to Create separation at the line of scrimmage Because a lot of the plays he did have, he was able to find himself behind safeties. You know, in that Miami game, he had some really nice catches. Didn't have a ton, but he had some really nice catches. uh, Really long plays. uh, Fast guy, decent hands. Trevor Wilson's a guy that I really want to look out for on this team. Uh, Some other guys that, you know, make up this position group right now. Giovanni Ruiz, he he was a guy that earned his scholarship Played most of the slot receiving snaps last year. You know, Dominic Johnson, he comes back as a returning receiver. Had a lot of starts because he fit the mold that Buffalo wanted to play in. If some other guys outside of Dominic Johnson or Dominic Johnson himself uh, show that they have really, really good hands uh, that are worthwhile additions to the playbook on game days, you know, Buffalo will change that. And Buffalo hasn't done what other teams have tried to do in recruiting, which is that, oh, we're just, come hell or high water, we're just going to get all, you know, just get all the high school guys and see which guys, you know, can develop in our system and pan out. They have not been afraid to go after more junior college guys. Anthony Johnson himself was a junior college guy. Was KJ Osborne junior college? KJ Osborne Junior College. Let me look this up and edit out the middleman. No, he was not. Alright, so that's cool. But even on this roster, Daniel Lee's from Cisco College, Carlton Todd, Iowa Central, Bernard Porter, Highland, Tyree O'Neill, Glendale. But just because they come from junior college programs, that doesn't mean that, you know, they came right into Buffalo and played right away. Sometimes when it comes to recruiting, I at least previously fell too much into a trap of Oh, they're going after a junior college guy. He's going to be an instant. No, no. I thought I was going to see more out of Daniel Lee. And in his own right, he did have a touchdown and 23 grabs in 2019. But that is the most production out of any of these junior college receivers that I just listed off uh, have had for Buffalo so far. Porter had one catch last year. Johnson had three catches in 2019. I don't think Tyree O'Neal has caught anything yet. So, like I said, it's byproduct of a run first offense, uh, run first, run second offense. But Antonio Nunn still was a reliable receiver, had very nice handsy catches, was a third team All Mac guy in 2019, second team All Mac guy in 2020. I don't know what the projection of him is moving way forward. Uh, He's not the most liked receiver in a receiver heavy NFL draft class, but there's still a lot of traits for him. That could make him uh, a few bucks as a professional in his lifetime. Way more than I'll ever have for that. That is for damn sure. But still, Buffalo needs to find more playmakers, especially after the graduation of Jarrett Patterson. Yes, I feel confident in Buffalo's running backs. I think there is talent in that position group for wide receiver. It just has to see the field. I hope Kyle Ventures, you know, the Miami game showed that he can do, you know, he can do okay that he he plays well especially if he's asked to throw what 30 40 plus times a game. Uh the Mac championship he he did okay. But he's also without Antonio Nunn who would be there to catch 13 19 eight passes a game, you know. He was a very 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 reliable wide receiver one disproportionately relied on compared to everybody else so so yes buffalo is going to have a strong run game i don't doubt that i'm not expecting them to just go away from it i'm not expecting this to turn around and be oh whoa what's this all of a sudden uh buffalo's going four wide most of the time and only handing the ball off 40 percent of the time i don't think that's going to be the buffalo we're going to see in 2021 but i do think that buffalo needs some someone to break through full-time and one more guy to break through part-time to keep buffalo in detroit where it comfortably feels oh and one more newcomer i, I, I gotta list this guy off chandler baker i know i said i don't want to you know assume too much out of junior college guys here's one more uh, local guy actually batavia new york's chandler baker is transferring in from uh erie college uh pretty good slot option decent hands good speed has you know the thing that i liked about trevor wilson is that he has good explosion and quickness off the line the little bit that i saw of baker and his highlights uh same thing so it's nice to have you know another style like that and that's yeah i mean i guess that's all i'm gonna say there maybe maybe he's the junior college guy to to come in and finally you know Be an instant impact receiver for this offense. Who knows? Uh, If not, he wouldn't be the first time to not make it. All right, and it is draft month, like I said. Like any year, the Mac's got some prospects, some better than others. A lot of guys are going to be hanging on to their day three dreams. Uh, But there's going to be, you know, I think there's just one name, really, that could break through earlier than that. Um, And that's D. Eskridge. I'm happy to be wrong. I think if I had to put my money on it, he'd be the only one to have his name heard before day three, though. A talented-ass wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Uh, Ran an unofficial 40-time of 4.38 at his pro day. Uh, Did some other athletic stuff, but I'm not going to go through all those numbers for you. Just Just a really awesome one. Like, it's such a good wide receiver class this year, and it's hard to tell who is going to be the one to break through, who's going to be the ones to slide down. Um, D. Eskridge is just one of those guys where he's so, so talented and had such a special 2020 where he's one of the guys that I think truly benefited from having a season. And I mean that from the perspective of knowing that we were, like, like realistically, like, we could have just not had football, right? Like, we could have realistically just not had football. That could have been a reality that we all lived in last year because of the pandemic. And Eskridge, before that, was a really speedy wide receiver who Tim Lester, in 2019, tried him out at cornerback two, uh, you know, was trying to see, like, where his speed better fit on the roster then 2020 rolled around he was a full-time wide receiver for sure made some really acrobatic catches that i did not think that he would be able to pull off not because i'm a doubter but just because i was just impressed that any human being was able to do those plays at the time that he did uh just i mean the toledo game especially man like he had some really nice grabs there wasn't just an athlete that was strong and had some that had some size and a ton of speed and good hands it wasn't just a combination of those but he was a very good wide receiver you know what i mean you know like if we just it is no longer march but we are watching basketball these days still uh finishing up with the college season and if you might have watched last chance you this is the most recent season uh they kind of talked about how there's a difference between a hooper and a basketball player. And that's kind of what I'm saying here. There's a difference between really talented athletes and wide receivers. Not just football players, but wide receivers. D. Eskridge is a wide receiver, man. He is really good. There is a lot of upside in him that cannot be ignored. I wouldn't be surprised. The draft network, which is just, I'm just picking out one. Publication right now because they have a list of a bunch of you know a bunch of prospects from one to three hundred something that they have listed in order. So I'm just going off that list for now because that's what I have. D. Eskridge is their number twelve wide receiver, and the, you're gonna like this. And their number sixty nine overall player. Uh, other guys from the MAC that they have on their list. Uh, going by number overall, Malcolm Coons would be the next guy. He is our number 164 overall player, 24th edge defender. Jarrett Patterson, the running back from Buffalo, 1,000-plus yards in half of a season, 193 overall, number 14 running back. The running back group, man, that is a deep class too, man. That is a very, very deep class at running back. As much as everyone likes Jarrett Patterson, there's he's just not the biggest and strongest guy out there. He's still just a little guy that's going to be thought of and used in that way. And I, and I get it. But Jarrett Patterson still, uh, he's just ranked wherever he is. Of course, everyone like me that's watched him so much thinks more highly of him. But it's not my opinion that matters, because whatever. Uh, Jalen Moore, offensive lineman from Western, uh, had a good... Had a good Reese's senior bowl camp, uh, senior practices, senior game. 204th overall. Antonio Phillips, wide receiver from Ball State, 208th overall. Quentin Morris, I kind of went over him, though. Uh, Tight end, he's there, number eight tight end, number 203 overall. Quentin Morris is definitely one of the guys where, you know, yes, he's in, like, the 200 range. I could still kind of see him maybe. He's one that maybe could sneak into day two. Uh, he's, he's a big, strong guy. Had a decent 40 time. Not the best, but still, he's a good athlete. Um, had a lot of attention early on. Moved over from from wide receiver to hand in the dirt tight end, especially if you're going to play with Scott Loeffler. You're going to play more ninety style. Uh, Morris, and he's playing in a position where the philosophy of football is changing to where guys of his size and his ability are a little bit more in demand. I mean, you see the way that they're talking about Kyle Pitts, and it's not because Kyle Pitts is just like a a trendy guy. Like Kyle Pitts is actually a monster out there. But if NFL teams feel like that they can add to Morris's game, then I feel like he is a likely candidate to be scooped up at some point. But because he is a tight end, I don't know how that fits into the draft conversation. Uh, That'll that'll remain to be seen. That'll be remain to be seen. Uh, Isaiah McCoy, though, he's a guy that also left early after his junior year. Uh, Six-foot-three receiver out of Kent State was a big reason why Dustin Crum and Kent State was able to take advantage of their deep deep opportunities in the past game, last couple of years. He left early. He's not very highly rated on here. He's way low on the wide receiver totem pole, like page two of the list of guys available. Uh, 265 overall by the Draft Network. You know, Hopefully... Hopefully he gets his name called earlier than that. I would like to see that. You know, it's it's just a wide receiver rich room. It's it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where he lands and to see if he gets any uptick uh, over these next next couple weeks. And you know, there's some other names like Coyote Awasoka, Coyote Awosika. God damn, I can never just say it right the first time. You know, Manny Ragamba. Bryson Denley's not ranked, but I'm kind of interested to see what happens with him because he's a really really fast guy. Antonio Nunn, like we talked about earlier, and Brett Kittrell, center from Ohio. Antoine Davis, Ball State wide receiver. You know, I don't know, I don't know how realistic of a shot he has, but you know, just interesting to see because, hello, he's a Mac guy. Love those guys. So, and probably the last one. Oh, I know who I'm leaving off right now. Tommy Doyle, the uh, tackle from Miami. Of course, he's got to be in there, too. Uh, was he a two-time first-team All-Mac offensive tackle? Really good prospect. Really good prospect out there. Smart guy. So, would like to see him get a job somewhere else. But, of course, like I said, all the attention right now is going to D. Eskridge, and rightfully so. He's the best athlete there. Has the ability to play up to you know, the level of someone that's ranked higher than him right now. But we don't know how the NFL teams feel about him just yet. So it'll be exciting. It'll be an exciting time to see where he lands. And hopefully some of these other guys get... Draft stock isn't a real thing, but internet hype is whatever it is. So uh, hopefully they get more internet hype, a.k.a. draft stock, risen in the next couple of weeks. Because, uh, you know, draft time is fun and we got nothing else to do. Oh, come on. You live in the Midwest, more than likely. And what are you going to tell me? You're going to watch, like, Detroit Tigers baseball? Come on. Don't lie to me. But thank you all for listening to Alvarado on Maction. If you like the show, please refer it to a friend. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. I'm at MactionPod on Twitter. You can email me, Alex, on Twitter. Action at gmail.com and again if you really like what you hear consider being a monthly donor through our patreon system patreon.com forward slash alvarado on Maction. again i'm alex alvarado and i'll talk to you guys next time